Matisov for the Devils plays it cross ice into the far corner. Matteau swoops in to intercept. Matteau behind the net. Swings it in front. He scores! Matteau! 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 Stefan Matteau! And the Rangers have one more hill to climb, baby! Canis. Here we go. Thomas Sarek has been begging to go with Lucic. Lucic under. Cracks him with the right. Lucic gets him in the air. Turtles. Thomas Sarek down. And Lucic taunts the Montreal bench. Here we go. Huge episode. Christmas in July. The free agent frenzy recap show with Kat and Hal. How's, how is it going today? Fantastic, dude. How's it going with you? Oh, I'm hanging in there, dude. Coming off a coming off a week where, you know, I didn't, you know, do that much and spent $130 on lunch yesterday. I don't make that much money, so it's kind of dumb. Um, I was supposed to go to Waterslide World. That that didn't happen, so I don't know. But we're going to get into some stuff. We have free agent frenzy to talk about. Then Hal wants to talk about a defenseman out in Colorado. Uh, Navy Molson, if, if you're a long-time listener, that's the name of our summer hockey team. We're going for our repeat champion, home openers tonight. And then at the end of this, we have an interview with Kenny Corp, the leading goal scorer in the 11-day power play, which is a great, great thing that just happened in Buffalo where a bunch of hockey players played hockey for 11 days straight and donated a bunch of money towards cancer. So, uh, yeah, definitely wait until the end of this to uh, stop listening. That didn't make sense, but whatever. Um, okay, so let's hop right into it, right? You good with that, Hal? Yeah, you're on fucking the fire right now, dude. Was that the energy that you wanted today? It was the energy. You just, you know, a little... It's all right. It's choppy. It's a Sunday afternoon. We don't usually do it this early. If we do, we usually have a couple drinks in us. <laughs> That's valid. Okay, so uh, pretty much every single week we have, like, a Google Doc where we just, like, write what we're going to talk about. So if you hear, like, clicking noises, that's me clicking back and forth. But with Free Agent Frenzy, we have all these contracts written down, so we're just going to jump in right into it. Is that cool? Cool with me. All right, so... We're not going to go in order of when all these things happen. These are just the contracts that were handed out. So the first one that we're going to go with is Galchenyuk with the Habs. Three years, $4.9 million cap hit. Uh, I thought this was interesting because there was a lot of talk that Galchenyuk was going to get dealt. I know that the Rangers were involved. I think the Islanders were involved. Uh, you didn't really know what was going to happen. Uh, Bergevin, I mean, traded pretty much every defenseman that he had. And Galchenyuk was his one chip that maybe he could go out and get a defenseman with. Uh, three years, four point nine million cap hit. I don't hate it. Uh, if I was a Canadians, I would want maybe a little bit longer than three years, because I mean this is going to be such an example where probably in the third year Galchenyuk's going to put up sixty or seventy points, and then he's just going to resign a huge deal somewhere else. So as a Canadians, I don't really know what the fuck they're doing. What do, what do you have with that? Yeah, I mean the only thing that I can think of is they've given Galchenyuk so many chances. I mean I know he's young, but he's fucking twenty three. He's been in the league for like five years. In the current NHL, I feel like you can pretty much tell if a guy's going to be a stud or not by, like, 21. Do you agree with that? Uh, seems- yeah, I, th- I think so for sure. There definitely are some instances where people just kind of bloom late, Patty Maroon. But, yeah, I, 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 I get that. And I, I, ju- I just think they're weak down the middle, so they had to do it. They didn't really have a chance to find any other center that would really fill their void. So they're giving Galchenyuk one more chance. He didn't really flourish under Claude Julien. I think the one good thing about this contract is the cap hit's pretty good, and it's not crazy term either. So, say the Habs fucking blow it this year, I think that's a really easy contract to move. There are a lot of teams who are like, yes, I'll take this 23-year-old with a $4.9 million cap hit. I think, I think in that sense, that is a really easy contract to move, and it kind of works out for the Canadians. So, even though Bergeron's a fucking idiot, and I can't even say his name right, I'd say that's a good deal. Yeah, I, again, I would want maybe a little bit more term there. But for Galchenyuk, he's a good player. He's young. I know he makes mistakes. They haven't really decided if he's going to play center or wing his entire career. That could be part of him that maybe not flourishing is not staying in one spot. But, uh, yeah, Galchenyuk, pretty good player. It looks like he's going to stay home in Montreal. 
Moving on, uh, this was a huge splash. Uh, Connor McDavid signed an eight-year, $12.5 million cap hit for $100 million with the Edmonton Oilers. I uh, The other day I made... I asked Siri, I was like, how many seconds or how many days would it take you to count a million seconds? It takes you 11 days. So think about counting for 11 days straight, and that's how many dollars that he just made. That's a fucking weird fact. That's absurd. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's a little weird. $100 million, 12.5 cap. I mean, people were talking that he was going to make 13 to 14, and Connor wasn't comfortable with that, I guess, whatever the fuck that means. So $100 million, too. He's going to be the best player in the world. I'd, I'd still probably pick Crosby right now because Crosby's won a little bit more. But I think he pretty much bought in that he wants to bring a cup to Edmonton. Yeah, I mean, like, 12.5 is still a shit ton of money. Like, it's not like he's giving up that much. I understand that. Even if you're not taking, like, two mil a year, that's still extra cap room to make your team better. And it kind of sucks in today's current NHL because it's not the NBA where you can just fucking throw around money all you want. If you have a really good player... Kind of fucks your cap space a little bit. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's 100% worth having Connor McDavid. But if he takes like the $14 million contract, then it's like, holy shit, how are we going to afford anybody? They already have some shitty deals on there. They signed Chris Russell to way too much money. They have Milan Lucic with a lot of fucking money, too. Yeah. And now we have to sign dry cycles. So it's good he did that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's fucking awesome. I can't imagine being 20 years old and signing a $100 million contract. I'd probably end up fucking broken in the alley in like two weeks. But <laughs> I, I don't. I don't understand the dry sidle situation that much. I know he's really fucking good. And this might be wrong, and I might be perceiving this the wrong way, but I don't think he's like Malkin, where he deserves like the, almost the same money as Crosby. And I, I don't I don't know if he's comparable to like Taze and Kane either. Like He's a very good fucking player. Like Don't get me wrong, but they're talking like a lot of money, like upwards of $10 million for him. Like That kind of scares me. Um... I kind of disagree with the Malkin thing. I think Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl are Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. I I've, think Malkin's better than him, though. Yeah, think. currently for sure. But Draisaitl is fucking sick. I mean, they were. Uh, what's who's the uh, GM there? Redmonton. He's your boy. Trelli, the fucking idiot. Yeah, Trelli. So he said that if somebody were to sign, uh, try to sign Leon Draisaitl to an offer sheet, he would match. And. I it, I don't know. The GMs are kind of like a country club where like you don't really step on other people's toes or whatever in the NHL. But I would have loved to have seen the Rangers try to sign him for like $10 million because he, he's a legitimate number one center. He's fucking sick. He is really, really good. He puts up a shit ton of points. He was a stud in the playoffs. You can't argue against that. And it's weird. The regular season and playoffs, they're different games. I mean, it's the same sport, but they're different games. And he definitely steps up in the playoffs on top of that. He's a big body. Doesn't look like he's going to get hurt. He's a playmaker, but he can bury two. Uh, when I had Bird on here last week, we were talking about centers that make people around them better. The one we were talking about, Stepan, like people that elevate other people around them. Like Joe Thorne, he's a, he's a guy that elevates people around him. Sidney Crosby, clearly, Evgeny Malkin. Leon Draisaitl is one of those players, too. And I think when you have a player like that, you have to give them that money. And they're going to give them that money. And Edmonton's going to have a number one and a number two center for years. They're going to make a lot of money, but when it comes to building a Stanley Cup, you need a good goalie. you got Cam Talbot. You need decent defense where the you know Chris Russell contract sucks, but the other contracts really aren't that bad. And now they're building down the middle, and they have two of the best young centers in the entire game. No, you're right. I, I just think it's going to be tough. I still think that Malkin at his age was a lot better than Drysaddle was. Malkin put up 106 points in his second year, and Drysaddle put up 77. I mean, I know it's kind of different errors, but at the same time, that was clutching grab there and all that, and Malkin was second in the league. I just think... I just, I just don't get where the NHL is going with these contracts under the salary cap. I think Drysdale deserves a shit ton of money, but I just don't see how teams are going to like be able to field competitive. Well, process. dude, there's a million percent chance there's going to be a lockout here in the next couple of years. Like, it, it's pretty well, much it's, what is it? Every like five to eight years, there's a lockout, and there's no way that there's not going to be a lockout now. Especially if you're looking at the other sports. I always thought that the that baseball was the the league that hands out the biggest contracts, and then you look at this NBA offseason, and, and the Knicks just signed Tim Hardaway to like a seventy one million dollar contract. He's making more money than Tom Brady. Like that doesn't even make sense. So something's definitely going to have to come in here. And the NHL, I mean, we love hockey, but I don't think a, a lot of other people love hockey the way we do, which sucks. So I don't know exactly what they're going to do, but I don't know. I would I would lock that kid up as long as I could. I, if I was the Rangers, I would offer do the offer sheet, but. I don't know. So that was the Connor McDavid saga. So now we're getting into the little French fuck David D'Arnais signs with the Rangers one year, one mil. I like it. We don't have any centers. 
He's fast. He makes Zuccarello not the the smallest guy in the Rangers anymore. I watched some of his clips. He, he's pretty quick, man, and I think he gets that little like little feisty French fuck kind of flair to him, which I I don't know. I kind of enjoy. And one year, one mil. I mean, if he doesn't work out, you can just fucking see you later. Bye. So I, they're just trying to get strength down the middle. The Rangers don't have any center, so I'm not against it. I just fucking hate this little fucking clown. I don't know. I don't know how you can look yourself in the fucking mirror and say I'm excited. That David DeHarnay might be like my third line center. I understand you guys are struggling with depth. He is not feisty. He gets fucking picked on. He's a little fuck. He's 35 years old. His speed's definitely on the deep. He's not 35. Yes, he definitely is. This is a dude who wrote up from the ECHL, which I respect. He's an old little fuck, and I, I just don't get it because. The Rangers made a lot of good moves in this offseason. I think the Rangers have a good youth, and they're going in the right direction. They always have been for, like, the last couple of years. But you always want to add, like, more grit and shit, I feel. I feel like that's one thing they're always fucking missing is heart and soul guys, like, down, like, the bottom six. David DeHarnay, while he's a skilled player, is not a heart and soul guy. I'd rather have somebody that goes in there on my third line center that can, like, fucking muck barn. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. my only but. I mean, if you're if you're happy with the little fuck, then good for you, I guess. The way the Rangers are right now, I don't know what because we don't have any centers. I think they're kind of banking on this the uh, Anderson kid that they drafted in the first round to maybe be like a third line center, which I don't know how I feel about that. I, I don't think he's done making deals or whatever. But from a depth perspective, he kind of fits the Rangers because he's fast and the Rangers like playing an up tempo type game. So I mean, again, I'm not completely against it. I had no idea that he was that old, but. So that was that. He scored in overtime in the playoffs, so he's a playoff player. All right, moving on. Nail Yakupov to the Avs, one year, 875000 As a GM, I would have given him that. The guy's a former first round, uh, first overall pick, wasn't he? Yeah, well, he's a boss. I mean, the only reason I thought we should talk about this is I'm just like, losers fucking love losers. Mm-hmm. It's like, losers marry losers, or losers work with losers. Like, this is just a loser going to the losing fucking team. I think Nelly Akpov still has some talent, and like if I was the Rangers or the Bruins, I would have thrown him this money, and I think his thought process behind this is he's going to get ice time, but I don't see him finding his game in this fucking dumpster fire of a team. Like It's just going to get worse for him. See you later. He'll be in the cage on no time. You know what? The Penguins are so good at, at signing cheap players. I You put Neil Yakupov on line with Sidney Crosby. He'll, it'll rejuvenate that fucking kid's game. I can't believe the Penguins didn't swing at that one. I really can't. Maybe they, maybe they're looking elsewhere. But that's such a Penguins move right there, is it not? Yeah, yeah. No, that's exactly what I was thinking. Give this kid a fucking chance to play with some stars. So I mean, good for you, Nail. I don't really think that you thought your life would be signing less than a million dollar contract with the shittiest team in the NHL. Probably gonna lose to the Vegas Golden Knights, but do you think, kid? <laughs> Um, Alex Radulov signed five years, $6.25 million cap hit for 31.25 with the Dallas Stars. Uh, Mark Bergevon, <laughs> this guy's a fucking clown, man. Uh, what did he tweet? He said, if you want loyalty, buy a dog in regards to Radulov taking a chance on him last year. I think that this makes the Stars way better. I think, th- I think they probably have the top, the best top six in the NHL. They have Radulov, Ben, Sagan, Spezza, Hansel, and Foxa. I mean, that's pretty decent. They got Ben Bishop in net now. Uh, who they they got Mark Mathot on defense. I think the Stars are going to be a fucking contender this year. I don't. No? I mean, they've got some great offense. Obviously, Sagan, Ben, Radulov. That's fucking nasty and scary, but I still think they're just a fucking shootout fucking team where it's going to be six, five games all the time. I love Ben Bishop. Go Black Bears. But he's fucking tall. He's like an NBA player. His knees are fucked. Yeah, like Mark Mathot. I think Mark Mathot will definitely help him on defense. And who they have Klingberg, don't they? They have like a pretty good young defenseman there as well. I think Mark Mathot's a good defender. Don't get me wrong, but I also think you put any somewhat capable top four defenseman with Eric Carlson, they're going to look as good as Mark Mathot did. I For think sure. He's, he's not going to have Eric Carlson on the other side, and he's not going to be able to sit back. He's going to have to be more active. He's going to have to get the puck out more. I just don't think it's going to be as great as a signing as people think. I think he's a great player still, but he just doesn't have the support to be the player that he was in Ottawa. I, I don't know. I just think that defense still sucks. Their bottom six is kind of questionable. At the end of the day, they're still the fucking Dallas Stars. The, the Radulov thing was funny because he, the thing he was arguing with the Canadians about was term. Canadians didn't give him term, so he tells the Stars he's going to sign with them, and as soon as he does, the Canadians offer him the same contract. And he said, well, too bad I already signed with the Stars. 
Uh, Radulov, I think, is a great fucking player. I, I think he's gritty. As When it comes to Russians, he's like your quintessential Russian, but he doesn't pretend like he's not, and that's why I respect him. Do you, do you think they just load up one line? They have a top six. I just read that their top six is sick. I would put Radulov with Spezza and then keep Ben and Sagan together. Well, isn't Hansel, I'm pretty sure, is a center, correct? Yeah, but Hansel's more of like a two-way center. He's more of like a 40-point kind of guy. Yeah, I, don't, I think the Stars are going to be way better this year. Stars make the playoffs, and watch out. They may make, I love Antoine Roussel. You hate him, but they may make a run, dude. All right, yeah. mo- move, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so after Radulov, we have Jumbo Joe, one-year, eight-mil. Um Larry Brooks came out today, said that the Rangers had talks with him that were going good, apparently not well enough. He signs a contract on his lawnmower. Love this guy. I think he would have taken less money if Marlowe stayed around, but now that Marlowe's not, he's like, all right, let me cash in. One year, eight mil. What do you got for Jumbo? Yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings. I think he really loves San Jose. He's just a fucking Cali dude now. I think having Brett Burns there, his boy kind of like solidifies that he wants to stay. I don't know. San Jose is so weird to me because they still have some good pieces, but I still don't look at them as a cup contender. <clears throat> and I thought that maybe Jumbo would uh, try to go to a contender and take a little bit less money. Than, I thought he might take a couple more years, like more term, less money to try to win a cup. <coughs> maybe plan is he gets his one last big paycheck, eight mil, and then next year he signs like a two year for like four mil or something like that. I, I just don't think he's going to get a Stanley Cup in San Jose, and I think it'd be a fucking shame if he's one of those players that they talked about that played so long that they're going to cup. So. Well, I mean, the way San Jose is right now, there's no shot they win a Stanley Cup next year. So I think that I think you are right. I think he's like, you know what, let me make my money right now. Maybe have a Jer- Joe Thorne farewell tour and uh, maybe do it again next year. Um, okay, Thorne. Uh, Genny Kuznetsov signs an eight-year contract with a cap 7.8 cap hit he was a restricted free agent um i think this was just kind of like an olympic khl thing where the washington capitals were afraid that they were going to lose this kid and they just signed him to a huge deal uh what are your thoughts i think he's a great fucking player the caps talk about being like the fucking you know what it is dude the capitals were a qb1 in texas football but the kid wasn't good enough to go college, so he was fucking sick on the top of the world in the next year. Where is he? He's at a community college. They have no cap space. The fucking caps are going to suck next year. They they lost all their defensemen. They're not going to be good. They signed Oshie to a fucking huge contract. I think the caps are definitely... They may not even make the playoffs next year. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fucking weird. I, don't, I think they're obviously... I think they're still going to make the playoffs. I just don't think they're going to be as great of a team. Their defense is fucking shook. Oshie's like 32 years, 30 years old or some shit. Yeah. He got a ton of money. He got paid. I would, not, I would not have thrown that money at him. I would have tried to keep some defensemen or do something different. I, I mean, I don't know. Because Smetsoff is a good signing, but you're right. Overall, it's just kind of a shitty situation. And if he is using the Russia thing, we don't have to talk about it. I was going to talk about Zadarov on the ads. We can talk about it right now with Kuznetsov. The reason I don't like Russian hockey players is not because of the way they act or the way they play. I think they're fucking electric, but it's how they use the KHL as a fucking bargaining chip against the NHL teams. If a guy did that to my team... See ya. I would send him. I wouldn't even think fucking twice about it. I would try to get picks. I would I would trade him and try to get as much as I could, and if I couldn't, I'd be like, you know what? Fuck Take you. your fucking cap space, go home, maybe get paid because they don't really pay their fucking players over there, and go have fun. Yeah, and then you can be Kovalchuk crying when you want to come back, but no team will take you because we have your rights. We're fucking assholes. Exactly, dude. I just, I don't have time for that shit. The Caps are, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do. Uh, Patty Marlowe, three years, 6.25 with the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Still a goal scorer, still a good player. I mean, I, if I was a Maple Leafs, I'd rather have like two years. That's still a big cap hit. They're probably going to lose JVR next year because of it. Uh, what do you got on that? Yeah, I just... I get what the Leafs are doing. So the Leafs are like, we're not going to rush the rebuild. We're not going to rush the rebuild. They made the playoffs last year, and all of a sudden it's like, holy fuck, rush the rebuild. The issue I have is Marlowe's a great player, but offense is not their issue. They have so many young guys that can produce. Like Offense is not their issue. Frederick Anderson is not their issue. Their defense is their fucking issue. If the Leafs were serious, instead of throwing the $6.8 million or whatever the fuck they did at this they would have targeted a guy like Mark Mathot or like Carl Alsner or one of those guys to try to solidify their back end. But instead, they're just looking at the fucking offense, and that's not their fucking problem. And the fact that they are creating caps, because look at these fucking contracts young guys are getting. You talk about Drysdale getting close to fucking $10 million. 
They have Austin Matthews. They have fucking William Nylander. Nylander. Those guys are going to be up for new contracts in two years. And Marlo's looking at one year on the fucking books. Good luck. Like, you're not... I. It frustrates me. It would frustrate me if I was a Leafs fan. As a Bruins fan, I'm laughing. Because what the Leafs should be doing is not rushing this fucking process. Because they would still make the playoffs next year. I still don't think they'd win the Stanley Cup. And I don't think Patrick Marlo would come that much closer. Oh, I think signing Marlowe, does that essentially take him out of the Jonathan, or not Jonathan, yeah, John Tavares fucking thing or what? Because Tavares is going to be a free agent next year, and the big thing was he may end up going to Toronto. Now with Patty Marlowe on the cast base, I don't know what's going to happen there. Probably not, so there goes that fucking pipe. They would have to clear out more than just JVR, and that's stupid. I would rather have JVR at this point in his career than Patrick Marlowe. And that's nothing against Patrick Marlowe, that's just fucking life. You're old. No, for sure. I don't, I don't, I mean, I guess I see what Toronto's doing, but. Uh, Carey Price, eight years, $10.5 million cap hit, $84 million total. I think this guy's been the MVP to his team pretty much every year he's been in the NHL, so I can kind of understand why he's he's going to be the most paid goalie. All this kind of stuff still kind of sucks. You have to pay your goalie $10.5 million. Yeah, I mean, I don't know this off the top, man. I was going to ask you, when Lundqvist got his big contract, how much does he make in a year? Oh, uh, not that much, man. Like seven something? Currently? No, like at the peak of his contract. Before he signed the big contract, he wasn't making that much. And then he signed the big contract, and now he makes a ton. Is it like seven or eight? I think it's seven or eight, yeah. I, I feel like my issue with this contract, and I know you have to sign Carey Price to keep him happy because he's such an unreal goalie, is you don't. I don't think you win a championship when your goalie is your highest paid player by a long shot. And I think Henrik Lundqvist in his prime was just as good as Carey Price in his prime. People argue that with me probably, but I think if you look at them at their peak performance, they are very similar. And I mean, Carey Price has had a couple injuries. So what happens if he goes down? Now you have ten and a half million on the fucking cap with an injured goalie for like however many years. I just whatever. I, as a Bruins fan, I'm ecstatic. I know Carey Price is an unbelievable goalie, but like, have fun with that fucking contract. It's like, gonna I, suck in year seven through ten. Yeah, I mean, some goalies are able to play into their older age, but like... Yeah, but not not to where you should be making $10 million a year. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I agree. But, I mean, the, as the Habs, I feel like you kind of have to do it. This is the only name on the list that I don't know. Paul fucking Potsma. You can kind of get into this because I'm assuming this is a Bruins thing. Yeah, it's a Bruins signing. Uh, I love what Don Sweeney did. I have to talk Bruins for a second. He didn't go out and fucking spend a ton of money like past years with, like, Bolesky and Bacchus. He just kind of sat still. But he decided to add, like, a 7th, 8th defenseman. He picked Paul fucking Potsma. Like, on paper, he's, like, a six foot three, 220-pound defenseman from, like, Red Deer, Alberta. And that sounds fucking nails. But the issue is, is he's, like, he's a pussy. He's not really an offensive defenseman. He's just one of those, like, first pass, get out, nice drive, good poke check type of defenseman. And in my mind, to thrive as a 7th or 8th defenseman, in Boston, you need to be tough as fucking nails. Yeah. It's gonna be coming out about Shane Knighty, my boy Shane Knighty, the sheriff. You gotta have frosted tips, and you gotta be able to fight whoever the fuck looks at you the wrong way, or else Bruins fans are gonna fucking hate you. My other issue too is we're stacked on the right side. We have four defensemen already signed on the right side, and we have two left-handed NHL defensemen. Like, why are we signing another righty to sit in the fucking possible on the press box? It's no fucking sense. That's that's all I got. Now I just wanted to say that. So we have the fuck sheriff Nighty, and now we have the deputy postma dude. He's not a fucking deputy. He's more like a peace officer. <laughs> peace <laughs> officer postma dude. All cop postma. Uh, the little rat Chris Kunitz signs the Lightning one year, two million dollars. I hate this fucking guy. Moving on. Uh, Matt Hunwick, my boy Matt Hunwick, love him. Assistant captain with the Lightning, played gr- or with the Leafs, played great with the Rangers, signs with the Pens, three years, $2.25 million. Guy's going to light it up for the Penguins. Yeah, I don't think Matt Hunwick's a good player like you do. I think he's a sixth defenseman. And I think when I saw Matt Hunwick, three years, $2.25 million, I was like, what the fuck? And then I saw I was with the Penguins. I'm like, he's going to be an outstanding fucking <laughs> No idea why, but... Matt Hunwick is going to thrive with the fucking Penguins. I mean, and at the same time, good for him, I guess. Like, good for fucking him. Dude, when, 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 he, when he signed his deal, they asked him what he was doing. He said, nah, nothing. I have to go out and paint my barn. 
Like, Matt Hunwick's the fucking man, dude. I don't think he's a fucking great defenseman. I think he's he would be one of the best 5-6 defensemen in the league, though. Uh, he can skate. He kind of keeps to himself. He just he makes good plays. He doesn't really mess up that often. I don't think he's a top-four defenseman. Never said that. But I like I like the role that he serves. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, Dom Moore. Is this real? Dom Moore with the Lightning, one year, one mil? No, with the Leafs. My bad. No, Don Moore. He, I think he was on the lease before, wasn't he? I don't know. Don Moore's been fucking everywhere, so probably. Actually, I don't think he was. I think this is another team. It's like his tenth NHL team or some shit like that. Well, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna look it up while I ask you this. But uh, how do you do with the bees this year? He did great. I mean, he was up and down, but he was one of our most consistent players. He put up like 28 points. He was our second best or third best penalty kill. Killer, if you look at it that way, he was a staple on the fourth line. I mean, he's played he's with the Leafs before. He played with the Leafs in 07 to 09. All right, so he has some fucking legs in him. It's, I think it's a good signing for the Leafs. Like these are the signings instead of Marlowe that they should be making. They replace his Boyle on the fourth line. I think, I think having Martin and Dominic Moore on your fourth line uh, makes it one of the better ones in the league. They can forecheck and responsible <laughs> defensively. So. I think it's a great signing. I thought those were the type of signings the Leafs are going to fucking make. But. Yeah, I'm okay with that. I've never had a problem with Don Moore. Uh, Kevin Shattenkirk to the Rangers, four years, 6.65. I like it a lot. The Rangers finally have a puck-moving right-handed defenseman that can run a power play. Uh, love the term, four years, love the cap, 6.65. He said that he wanted seven, but if all goes planned, he'll end up playing seven years for the Rangers anyway. New Rochelle kid, loves the Rangers. The four years I like because it's not as much of a Wade Redden flashback as I would have normally thought it was going to be. I like it. Uh, I mean, he's coming home. He's going to get a huge ovation. He left a lot of money on the table. But, I mean, to be honest, who wants to go fucking play in Buffalo New Jersey? New Jersey, we'll get into that in a little bit. But I, I don't mind the Kevin Shankirk. Actually, I really, really like it. He's going to be a Ranger for a bit. We finally can see what Ryan McDonough can play like. And, I mean, I'm on board with it. What do you have on Shaddy? Yeah, I... I have pretty much the same thoughts. It was a good signing for the Rangers. It's weird when the Rangers make a big splash in free agency and it's not fucking stupid. So I thought I thought that was pretty it was a good signing. I mean he's a good defenseman, he can skate, he can work your power play. He's you're right, he is gonna make McDonough a lot better. I mean there's nothing really to fucking hate about it. I think the term's good, the money is good. I I think you guys have like a at least a probably close to the top five defense in the league now. I mean, some people might argue that fact, but I think you guys left and right side are pretty stacked. As long as AV plays them the right way, it doesn't kind of bury him like he did Yandel. I thought Yandel got a fucking shit stick mm-hmm. when he the Rangers. I think Lindy Ruff being the assistant coach and going to D will help a lot, a lot with that because clearly AV needs a fucking babysitter because he has no idea who the fuck to throw out there. That's why I like about Lindy Ruff. Lindy Ruff is big on accountability. The Rangers will have a top five defense in the NHL as long as they don't play Mark Stahl. If Mark Stahl's playing, it'll be just like last year. Yeah, I agree. Well, no. No, uh, yep. I, yes, I think, it will be. I think yes, it will be. Yes, it will be. He is fucking terrible. He's the worst defenseman in the league. He's going to be penalty killing, giving the puck over, turnovers, goal, turnovers, goal. He's a fucking miserable player. I can't stand him. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Moving on. Talk about the coming home tour. Scott Hartnell with the Preds one year, one mil, going back to Smashville where Scotty Hartnell truly belongs. Thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think that's pretty fucking cool. I, I love that they brought back Hartnell. I, it's weird. I always, for some reason, I blocked out his Predator days, and I always kind of thought of him as a fucking flyer. Mm-hmm. But then the signing came out. I was like, holy shit, I forgot that Scott Hartnell was like a core guy on those like old-school Predator teams. I think it's a good signing. I don't think the Predators are going to replicate what they did last year. I think it's going to be kind of like the Sharks where they fall back. They don't really have a lot going on in the middle of the ice. Uh, but, I mean, shit. Scott Hartnell, one mil, one year. You can't really beat that. That's the type of signing. If it works, great. If it doesn't work, you sell a pretty fucking awesome guy in the press box. So, Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Um, Andre Pavlich goes to the Rangers one year, $1.3 million. You're going to ask me if I watch that video. I haven't watched it. I'll watch it when I'm done watching this or doing this. Uh, Benoit Allaire, I think, plays a huge role into who the Rangers bring in. If Benoit Allaire wants his goal in New York, come to New York. This guy sucks. <laughs> So fucking bad. He has a sub 900 save percentage. Benoit Pelaire has, has had some good fucking goalies to work with. Obviously, Cam Talbot was a project, and he was that Benoit fucking butt cheeks guy <laughs> star or whatever. And then they got Antti Ranta. Antti Ranta was already sick with the Blackhawks. Those were two young goalies with promising futures. 
Andre Pavlik, Pavlok, whatever, the fucking drunk guy from the Czech Republic, has had chance after fucking chance with the Thrashers and the Jets to figure it out, and he fucking sucks. He's gotten replaced by guys like Michael fucking Hutchinson. This guy is trash. I am so happy. And look, your coach is great, and I like to shit on the Rangers, but I am so happy that this Rangers backup goalie fairy tale is going to fucking end. You can join the rest of us in the league with shitty fucking backups that are fucking miserable one night and good the next night. He's, I bet you his first game he has like 34 saves on like 36 shots. You're going to be like, oh yeah, dude, Andre Pavlik sucks. And then the next day you guys will play the Devils. He's going to let five on 17. So... Fuck you guys. This is a shitty signing. I hope it fucking burns in your face. I can't wait to rewind this when he fucking kills it this year, dude. Gonna, dude. This is like, I don't care. If this guy, your goalie coach could be Jesus Christ reincarnated, and he couldn't fix this fucking loser. <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, Ryan Miller signs with the Ducks two years, two million. Are, are the Ducks ever just going to give John Gibson this team or no? I think they are. I think what they're doing is they're giving him a backup goalie. That's not making that much money. I mean, I still think Gibson's going to play like 56, 57 games. And Gibson's still like 23 years old. Like he still has time. It's not like he's like 25, 26 now. He's still fucking really young. I think it's a strong move to give him a uh, veteran goalie behind him. I actually really like the Ducks. They're one of my favorites in the West next year, just looking up and down their roster. And I think this just solidifies that they'll be able to get more points than other teams. I think Ryan Miller was playing in front of some really fucking shitty Vancouver Canucks teams. And yes, he was up and down the last couple of years, but Jesus Christ, those teams are built like shit. So you can't really blame them. The other note that I thought was fucking hilarious, and you kind of talked about this. You were surprised that he only got $2 million. Apparently, Ryan Miller's wife is a fucking model, which, one, makes no sense because Ryan Miller is a fucking goober-looking fuck. But I don't... And she, like, lives in Southern California, so... Basically, Ryan Miller's pussy whipped, and he had to find a place close to where his wife models. I don't know what she does for modeling. It's probably like Instagram butt cheek shots, but he needed to be in Southern California with his wife, so he took a discount to go play for Snoop Dogg's favorite team, the Ducks. I don't know. It's Ryan Miller. Like, get run by Lucic again. I hate, I hate, I hate Ryan Miller, but I think it's a good sign. Yeah, I don't like him either. Uh, we'll, we'll get into the whole wife talk at the last one that we... Uh... That Remember we talk how cool about. everyone thought he was when he was the fucking shitty starting bully for the U.S. Olympic team, and he was, and he had fucking Miller time on his helmet. And everyone thought it was fucking awesome. Yeah, talk about the last guy that should be playing into any sort of beer like ad. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I feel like uh, Ryan Miller was more pumped that Zima's coming out with new beers this summer than signing this contract. Yeah. Um, Nick Benino signs with the Preds four years, four point one million dollars. I don't like that for the Predators one bit. He's, I mean, yeah, he won some cups. I think he's super overrated. I think when you're center behind Crosby, Malkin, you're playing with a guy like Phil Kessel, I mean, I would put up points. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had a pretty unbelievable situation. I think, I think realistically, he's a, I still think he's a good third line center. Uh, he's two way. He's put up like 40 points on that area where he's been even before Pittsburgh. Yeah, but before. do you pay your third line center $4 million a year? I was going to say, you know. You don't pay him $4 million. And to me, that means they expect him to slot into the second line. The Predators' second line doesn't even fucking sniff the Penguins' third line, and that's why they got beat in the fucking playoffs. Like, you're right. When you have Crosby and Malkin playing against the top two pairs, you're seeing third-line minutes, third-line D constantly. And on top of that, you have Phil Kessel flying up one side, and half the time you had fucking Haglund flying up the other side. He had two of the fastest wingers in the fucking league playing against third-line defensemen. Obviously, he fucking produced, so... Yeah, that's going to be a stupid signing down the road. HBK, dude. It actually kind of reminds me of the Bolesky signing, where he's like 27 years old, he's had a couple of good years, some good playoff runs, but it's just not going to work out. You love Bolesky. Moving on. Justin Williams, Hurricanes, two years, 4.5 mil, going back home. He won a cup there when the Hurricanes won a cup, so how fucking old is Justin Williams? He's like 35. Jesus, man. So he's, he's coming home. He's a playoff performer. I think this is big. The Hurricanes almost sneaked into the playoffs last year. They had a good end of the year. I, I, they kind of did pretty much the same thing the Leafs did, but just not with as like top-end type players. Like They don't have an Austin Matthews or like a Willie Nylander or Mitch Marner, but they do have a lot of young talent. Their defense is fucking stacked. They've always had good D. I mean, and now they have uh, Scott Darling in net, which will definitely help out there, too. I think what the Hurricanes are doing is actually pretty good. Low-key, one of the best jerseys, I think, in the league. Yeah, Raleigh's pretty cool. And I think I wrote about this in the blog. I think the best part about 
them signing Williams for like four mil is that it gives them the veteran presence. I don't think that the Hurricanes are going to want to stay like up anytime soon, but I think they're going in the right direction. And there's been so much talk about the franchise moving, and the fans fucking the fans don't show up to the games because the fucking owner doesn't care. He trades all their best players away. He won't spend money. So I think it shows the fans that maybe the Hurricanes are actually trying to try to stay. I think they have new ownership finally. They signed Williams. It shows everyone that, yes, we do want to fucking compete. We're not just going to be the lovable losers. So I think it's good. I think it's good for the NHL. I actually like the Carolina franchise. I don't know how you feel about that, but I wouldn't want them to move away. I feel like when they're successful, that ring pops. Yeah, I, dude, good. I like Carolina. I've never had an issue with Carolina ever. And, like, honestly, one of my low-key favorite players of all time, John Francis. I don't think he got enough recognition for whatever that guy did. thought he was fucking great. Ron Francis. He was sick, dude. Uh, speaking of sick nail guns, Dan Girardi to Lightning, two years, $3 million per. What the fuck is Steve Eisman thinking? $3 million a year. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot of fucking money for an old guy. We both love Girardi. I mean, as a Rangers fan, I'm sure you can say it. Like, oh, love him. Love him. His body's just fucking broken. I, I think Steve Eisman's thinking is, like, you can put him as, like, the sixth defenseman and shelter him minutes, and he'll thrive there, but I just... That's not what Girardi told the press. Girardi told the press that he was guaranteed top four minutes. Well, that's fucking scary. Yeah. I, I think, and this might be wrong, Steve Yeiserman, everyone acts like he's the fucking cock of the walk. Like, he's the best. He does. Oh, yeah, for sure. But that's a stupid fucking signing. Yeah. And he kind of got blessed with some pretty good young players. It's not really like he was going out there and wheeling and dealing. He signed that stupid fucking Ryan Callahan contract. Now he's got Girardi's stupid fucking contract. I've never seen a team that looked like they're so close to the fucking top of the mountain with rollback so fucking far so fast. And I don't know. It's just a dumb signing. I mean, it's a dumb signing, especially they got fucking Sergachev or whatever from Montreal. Why not give that kid a chance to get some serious minutes yeah. instead of Dan fucking Girardi weighing down your deep? Yeah, I don't. I can't believe he found another job in the NHL. I, I'm happy for him. I love Dan Girardi. Do your thing, man. And honestly, the Rangers have this thing where they get rid of their players and those players win cups next year. So good luck to you. Carl Osner, five years, $4.625 million per year with the Habs. I don't like the five years. Maybe if that was a three-year deal, I'd be okay with it. But five, that's a while, man. Yeah, I think it's a dumb signing. I I think I'd blog about this, too. I just think Bergevin's an idiot. He trades P.K. Subban away. He gets rid of Boldy for a for a bag of pucks. He trades away his best defensive prospects or Gatchov. He's probably going to lose Markov. Is that still going on? Is Markov still working out on the beach with the shirt on? Yeah, I'm not sure yet. So they lose all those puck-moving defensemen in the NHL. Young guys that can get up and down the ice, still play a physical game. They bring in a stay-at-home defenseman. And now if you look at their D, they have like the stupid Ben. They have Weber on the downside of his career. They have Alsner, they have Jeff goddamn Petrie, I mean, something Davidson. It's just a bad defensive core of slow mopes, and I, I don't understand what they're doing. Alsner's a good player. Uh, he has one of those Ironman streaks going on right now, I think. He's like seventh in the league for consecutive games. But he had a sports hernia surgery this year, and his body's going to break down eventually. He's just like Girardi, where he blocks a shit ton of pucks. That's going to come back to haunt them, and I think that contract's stupid. Good job, Bergeron. Uh, Patrick Sharp, back to the Hawks, one year, one mil. It's the Hawks coming home tour with Brandon Sods there now. Patty Sharp's back there now. Are you worried? About what? The Blackhawks? Like that they won't be good? No, that they will be good. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't think, I wrote, I mean, because it's the Blackhawks, you think this is obviously going to work out? I think Sharp's going to have a good year. I bet you he's going to put up like 40 points on a one mil one million dollar cap hit which is awesome i don't think this makes them great i think it's an unbelievable signing i don't know i think they're i don't want to say the blackhawks time is done but they got rid of a good amount of players in this offseason brandon saw obviously a great piece and, and sharp's gonna give them a little more depth but i would start i'm starting to get a little concerned about the blackhawks and how long they can really keep up this dynasty yeah i don't they kind of made some weird moves this year. I'm the, I like the side deal actually because I think if you put anybody with Patrick Kane, they're gonna put up. I think what they said is like sixty percent of the points that Panarin's put up his first two years have come off of assists from Patrick Kane. So I don't know. You put anybody there, it, and I also think Columbus was kind of really going after Kovalchuk in a sense that you know they got the rush and they cleared some cap space, but I guess it just didn't really work out. But uh, and the last contract to talk about, man. 
Benedict Arnold himself, Brian Boyle to the Devils, two years, $2.5 million. Hate this guy. I used to love him. He, I used to be one of his biggest fans, me and Feverboy Rex, man. We used to love this guy. He was a, he was a warrior. I mean, he'd get his ass kicked all the time, but we respect the fact that he would just take punches in the face. He had the boys wild up, and now he's going to the dirty jurors, dude, where he's going to smell like trash for the next two years. Yeah, he... I I don't get it. I mean, I thought he wanted to win a Stanley Cup. I thought I always thought Brian Boyle was your perfect like third, fourth line center on a team that's trying to win a Stanley Cup. Where he gives all of his effort, he gets his ass kicked, but he does it for the team. A block shots, a penalty kill, he can chip in some goals. He just like a raw raw type of guy. But to just fucking give up and take money in New Jersey, like that's gross. I don't know if he like still owns property from when he lived in New York. Because I go, I can just commute. But it's like, what are you doing, dude? If I was a Rangers fan, I would boo the fuck out of him. Fucking hate him now, dude. And what you said nailed it right on the head. This isn't him going for a cup. This is him getting paid. You don't sign with the New Jersey Devils for two years and think that you're going to have any sort of success in the playoffs. That's just not going to happen. Yeah, and I thought, and the other thing I thought, too, is like, if he was a little bit younger, like, I could see, yeah, he could still have a chance to maybe go and sign somewhere after this deal. But I think this is kind of the end of the road for him. So I, I don't get why he did it. Maybe he has the thinking, too, that the Devils are going to stink so bad that by signing with them, he'll get traded to uh, maybe he'll get traded to a really good team. Like a cup contender out. kind of thing? Yeah, maybe that's his goal. Which, if, if that's his goal, that's fine. But I still think he's a dumb signing. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not really big on that. So, I mean, that was just a quick breakdown of the whole free agency. Uh, there was a pretty big splash, but all in all, dude, it wasn't, really wasn't that great of a free agent class. Like there, You had Shattenkirk was probably the biggest name out there. Um, I mean, Justin Williams is a pretty good player, but then you just had a bunch of, like, kind of, like, there were real no first-line guys, I would say, right, forward-wise. I mean, Jumbo Joe, I guess. Patty Marlowe's really not a first-liner anymore. Um, next year is going to be the year if Tavares hits free agency where shit's going to fucking hit the fan. So. Yeah, but I feel like that might get resolved, too, somehow. I don't know how. Maybe it'll get traded. You're right. Maybe it'll just be Tavares. But overall, it just seems like in today's NHL, like, Guys sign monster contracts. Back then, they used to sign like two, three-year contracts. Those stars are always on the free agent block, and now it's not really free agent frenzy. It's like free agent mediocrity or some shit. It's really not that exciting anymore. But shout out to all the teams that overplayed for fucking shitty players. No, I completely agree. And now uh, we're gonna kind of get into a little bit of uh, our summer hockey league talk to home opener tonight with Navy Molson. So Hal, you know, he was a Navy Molson guy, and now he moved up to northern Maine, so he's not really around, but he, he knows how much this means to everybody. And, you know, we won the championship last year, coming back for the repeat year, and, you know, just talk a little bit of beer league hockey. So, Hal, I know you're not here, but are you pumped? Because I'm fucking, I'm pretty wired up, man. I, I guess I'll live uh, through you. I can't say I'm that pumped up. Jesus. Don't really know the roster. Did you make any big acquisitions? Is your team looking stronger than last year? I know you guys won the... Won the championship last year as a GM. Were you making moves or are you staying pat? We lost. Uh, we lost arguably our number one center. We lost a couple defensemen, but we we got some pretty good defensemen coming in this year. Uh, forward wise, I think we're really going to miss uh, Valeni out of Utica. That's going to kind of hurt a little bit, but I'm pretty. I, you know what, man? There's four teams in the league. Everybody pretty much abandoned what the fuck was going on. I mean, there used to be ten. Now there's only four. So like, I'm pretty. Uh, I'm pretty. I don't know. I'm happy with where we're at. It seems like a uh, big question for you. In the early days of our beer league team, Navy Molson, it seemed like we weren't always the most skilled team, but we were always uh, we were always a uh, beer drinking team. It was more beer first, fight, yep. uh, crowd going, even though no one was there. A lot of moral victories, a lot of games called off early that ended up in forfeits. We moved into more of a skilled position. When I was leaving, we were making that transition more into a skill, and it felt like we kind of lost some of that beer league drinking mentality. I think last year you guys found a pretty good divide. Overall in the locker room this year, you think it's more of a uh, workman-like mentality or do you guys still have uh, you still have that party atmosphere? Well, you know what, dude? It's funny that you said that because last year in our championship year, we, we had lost two consecutive games, which hadn't happened in a long time. And then you came home. I think Feverboy Rex was there. DJ Zumi was there. And we brought out the big cooler, filled it up with jungle juice. And we won every single game from then on out. So I think, I mean, we have this kid, Jimmy Sheeran, who's an absolute beauty. He brings a little cooler with beers every week. People are still drinking. The the younger, I signed some younger kids, 
that are still kind of in the whole gong show hockey lingo type atmosphere. But, I mean, they're very excited to drink beers. I think they'll probably only drink like three and be fucked up. But still, I mean, they're 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 pretty pumped to be a part of the team. I I think as long as we have Sheeran on the team, we're still going to be boozing. So it's it's not that bad. So let's get a, uh, maybe a preseason MVP. Me. Okay, uh, most improved. Me. Uh, you can't say me to this. Uh, best new signing. Who are you most excited about to see? <sighs> you want to give a couple of guys a shout out? Damn. Uh, we got this kid, Jake Duran, who's supposed to be pretty good. His sister played at BU. Uh, so, I mean, there's some sort of hockey sense in that family. We got this other kid, Connor Tuttle, who plays junior. He's supposed to be pretty decent. Valentine's finally Navy Molson. He bought a jersey. Who's going to be? You know what? I'm I'm a, I'm a guy that gives love. I love giving people second chances. So uh, we got Valentine there. I'm just trying to think if I'm fucking forgetting anybody. If I forget anybody, it's just going to be brutal. Give me a second. Think of another question really quick. Uh, we're not really going to get too much into it, but uh, there's been some rumblings going on that uh, Navy Molson's always had a great re- relationship with the referees. Oh, come on, man. Something happened in the winter league. You might not have that great of a relationship anymore. Do you think that's going to affect the boys? Oh, right dude, I forgot about Garrison. Garrison's on the team now. Pumped that he's there. I think throughout the years we've always had one guy who's like not that great, kind of a smaller guy, but he can skate and he'll just piss people off because he tries so hard. And like we've been really trying to find that one person. Last year we had Ryan Thiring, who's a fucking beauty. But he ended up taking an internship in Louisiana. But I think this year Garrison's going to fill that void perfect. That's fair enough to try hard. Yes. Although Ryan didn't, Tyring didn't really try that hard, but he was still just a good, like, he was a good, he was a good role player for us. So what do you think, uh, what do you think about the refs? I don't know who's going to be ref in the league, man. That's, that's something big. I, I think I'm going to show up tonight and Pat Ballantyne's going to be there and Tyler's on our team now. So I think if anything, that's just GM, jamming one-on-one. Maybe get the boys to pitch in for like a full like gift card to the referee. Let them know that. Nah, dude, we don't spend that much. We do five dollar donations on GoFundMe every once in a while, but that's about it. All right, what else you got? Anything? Uh, just pretty pumped, man, to get this going. And then also before that skate, I'm skating in this one skate because uh, you, me, DJ Zumi, and Garrison were heading up the uh, hockey fights MS up in Burlington and Vermont in a couple weeks. So we're kind of doing like a pre-season like skate to see how everybody's doing and shit like that. So that should be pretty fun. Just a day of hockey, man. Maybe go to the gym first, get on the bike for a little bit. Me and Feverboy Bre- Fever Rex used to love doing that. Just go to the gym, bike for five minutes, and then go eat like a hot dog and then go to the rink. Yeah, but uh, now that it's opening night, Hal and I thought it was a good idea to do three stars. Uh, three stars of opening night beer league. Do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, I think uh, three stars opening night beer league. I'm going to start off number one. That that initial walk into the locker room for the first time, you got some uh, you got some familiar faces going on. Some dads you haven't seen them in a year. You got uh, you got some new faces, a little awkward at first, maybe a couple introductions, and someone makes an inappropriate joke to break the ice. Mm-hmm. You got Jimmy Sheeran in our case, always got that little mini cooler pack of five or six beers. You hope somebody's bringing a 30 rack. One of my least favorite moves ever, shout out to Laser Layman, great D partner of mine in the past. He was always, uh, I'm going to bring three tall boys for myself and everyone else can fuck off. <laughs> uh, at least buy a six or a 12, so maybe you can hand one out to somebody. But I think that initial walk-in, and those pregame jitters with the boys for the first game is always a great feeling. You can really get a good sense of what your team's going to be like for the year. Can um, I agree more? Can I do my first one now? We'll rotate. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. My first one is every year since I've started doing this, if you're a rookie, I make you take a test. So after we're done with this podcast, I think Hal, he'll probably actually hang up so he doesn't have to help. But I'm going to make a little rookie test for, for everybody. Uh, it's normally, you know, like 20 multiple choice, couple short answers and stuff like that. Just really want to make them prove what they're doing. And at the same time, it brings camaraderie to the table. It brings everybody together. Like we're in this together. This is kind of funny, but like you better fill it out. Right. Otherwise you're not playing. Yeah. And I know I heard one of your new rookies, even though he's been on and off the team for years, uh, Garrison was saying that he's not going to take the test because he saw Miracle and Jim Craig didn't take the test. Well, we do love Miracle and what that stood for in the movie. Like, you don't agree with that, right? If a rookie says they're not going to take the test, that doesn't earn you points. You don't think, wow, this guy's thinking outside the box. If a rookie says he's not taking the test, he can just come back next week and take the test. Just get <laughs> out of my locker room. <laughs> How many questions are you thinking this year? I think we'll do 20 multiple choice, three short answers. Okay, that's not bad. It would be nice if you could get your hands on some Scantrons, maybe. Uh, <laughs> that would be pretty fucking nice. I just don't think that's going to happen. 
That's a great one. Uh, number two, uh, new ox core DJ. Going on. I always think that's huge. Yeah. First night, you can really tell. It's been a year since you've been with the boys. There's a year full of new music. Fuck, dude, you took mine, man. 100%. Obviously, there's classics that are going to be bumped, but a couple new songs mixed in there. It's interesting to see who takes control. Usually, DJ Zoomy does that. Is that going to be your role this year? Uh, who's going to be the speaker guy back in the day? It was always Taylor Cook. Shout out to him. Veteran Navy Molson guy. I don't know what he's up to, but uh, he was always bringing a huge bag full of the speakers for the boys, so... It's interesting to see, one, if you have a speaker guy, because you got to get on that week one who's going to start bringing the speaker. And two, who's running the ox court and did they bring the jams? You know what, man? That is an unbelievable question. I didn't know who's going to run the ox court. I may run the ox court tonight just so I can kind of figure out and get a glimpse of what the fuck's going to be happening here. Uh, DJ Zoomy not being in the locker room is a huge loss for the boys. I, I'm not going to fucking try to sugarcoat that in any way. It really is. Uh... I'm looking down the list right now. I'm thinking I may run the ox court tonight, but there, there's a couple. I like, you know what? I like the rookies taking tests, but I also like getting rookies roles that they can really buy into in the team. So maybe I could look to a rookie this year as as the ox court guy. It's probably not gonna be Garrison because he's just gonna play all those like title fucking weird playlists and shit like that. What was that one song that he kept playing on? Who's the best producer that he said it was? Don't you remember that? Alex Kidd. Yeah. Yeah, Assad, dude. I'm not going to have any Assad fucking pumping in my locker room. So I'm thinking, you know, probably me tonight. Maybe I'll give Tuttle or Jerron a chance. Uh, that Jerron kid actually plays guitar, acoustic guitar. So maybe maybe one game I'll have him bring his guitar and I'll just have him play guitar the whole fucking time in the fucking locker room. We'll sing along. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, my second is uh, the inevitable Brian DeSimone benching. Uh, it's probably going to happen at some point tonight. It's the first game. Might as well get that out of the way. This kid's been a day one defenseman. I mean, I love the kid. He I was actually named assistant captain this year. New Jersey haven't got here yet. They're going to get here Tuesday, so we'll have him for Wednesday. But, uh, I mean, you have to bench him. You have to bench him early because the longer you wait, the, the you have to build him up and break him down like he's a referee, dude. You can't let him get a fucking head. You get him right at the beginning. You quiet him down, and he'll start playing fucking good hockey. So I think the Brian D. Simone benching game one is a must-need. Yeah, I think more of your league GM should use the matching method for uh, motivation. It really seemed to work out for us in the long run. For sure. Did he get a, did he get a letter? Yeah, he got an A. Very good for him. Him and Broderick. It's nice. Good veteran core. I was going to say uh, third star. Third star is uh, that after the first period. I mean, this won't apply to you because you skate year-round, and I'm sure there's some guys out there. A lot of vet veterans on the team. This usually applies to so after the first period. I mean, first period you're flying out there. You got the adrenaline pump and maybe some bad passes and stuff. But you're skating well. But as soon as the first period ends, you sit on the bench. You look up and down. Guys are fucking dead. Gassed. Yeah, it looks dead. I mean, legs aren't there. I mean, you might. Hopefully, you got off to a big lead game one because I feel like back in the days we were a pretty slow start of the team because yeah. we drank too much game one and we'd be out of shape. We're a third. Per we're a third period team, team dude, because the beers are normally gone by the third period. But first period, you're not you're not that drunk yet. You're tired. You're drinking water, which is always a classic mistake. You just it's a tough time, but you know I think times like that build character. So not for sure. And then my third star is uh the moment we come together as a team and we just belittle the other team. It'll probably happen after our first goal where we just start screaming at the other team and we ask them why the fuck they're even there. We've, we've had this outlaw mentality for the past, I don't know how long. Brian D. Simone actually just sent me a Navy Molson Snapchat, so he probably already knows it's coming. But uh, def definitely just defecating on the other team and just making sure that they know that they have no business being in the same rink as us. That's always a, a big favorite of mine. Yeah, yeah you got you got to let everyone know that. You might not be the most skilled, although you guys probably are, but you're definitely the biggest assholes in the league. For sure. For sure, man. That's how it works out. But, okay, so that was a little Navy Molson talk. And uh, now we're going to get into a little interview with Kenny Corp, the legendary Kenny Corp, upstate New York, Mr. Capital District Hockey. Uh, he participated in the 11-day power play. Uh, after that interview, we're just going to cut it. We're going to end it right then and there. So next week, I think we may may have a couple guests next week. We may have the uh, – actually, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to plug in, you know. If you guys want to come back and listen to our guests, they're, they're good guests. They're famous guests. So just let us know. Hal, any other thoughts? No, I mean, look – Look forward, looking forward to a couple of weeks. We're all going out to Vermont, playing a beer league tournament. Fight MS, not a big deal. Giving back to the community. Oh, dude, you, we um, should do a live podcast from there. Absolutely. Hopefully, we're going to try to spread the word, but hopefully, we'll get some uh, fans. <laughs> we'll get some video and get some good players. Meet some fans. 
should be an interesting week for the podcast. That's two weeks from now, but I'm looking forward to that. So that's a good idea. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna go around and interview all these beer leaguers. So that should be pretty fun, and we should make like a good little five minute video for that, sir. Yeah, I was just thinking about it. I know this probably isn't exciting for the fans, but I got the hotspot up on the phone, so we'll make the RV a little fucking interview pod. What do you have? You can set up a Wi-Fi hotspot so we could like, oh, cool. do some uh, podcasts live from the parking lot of the Beer League Tournament. That should be electric content. All right, legit, man. All right, guys, we will see you next week. Have a good week. Okay, guys, now we uh, have Kenny Corp join, joining us on the program. Kenny's played in pretty much any hockey league that you could pr- probably ever think of. Uh, most people around our area in upstate New York call him Mr. Capital District Hockey. He uh, he set pretty much goal records and everything, including the biggest goal record of all time, most goals in one game. Uh, Kenny, we're glad to have you here. Uh, he was just recently in the 11-day power play, which got a bunch of national uh, – pub and you know every everybody has been talking about it so kenny thanks for be, coming on and uh how are you doing today good boys how are you guys doing oh uh, we're, we're hanging in there so how did you uh how did you get involved with the 11 day power play and for those people that don't know what it is could you just give us like a brief description of like what was going on yeah so a buddy of mine uh mike lezikowski and his wife amy amy is a breast cancer survivor and mike's mother uh, succumbed to cancer about that Oh, about a year and a half, maybe two years ago now. And um, so they wanted to to give back something to Roswell for helping his, his mother, making her, uh, you know, making her time out of life a lot easier and, and helping his wife, uh, you know, get, get through cancer. Um, so anyway, they decided to come up with, uh, to come up with um, a way to raise money. And they, thought they, they did some research and they found that the world's the longest hockey game in Canada was 10 days. And they wanted to uh, use hockey and uh, use hockey as a way to raise money. Uh, for the cancer. So they came up with the idea. They talked to the Buffalo Sabres. They got the ice time uh, at the Harbor Center. They got an 11-day block. And then they just started to recruit players. And the way I got involved was me and Mike played. I've known him for years. And we play in the national 40 and over national championships uh, every year down in Tampa. So we asked a bunch of us. And then he kind of did some uh, some interviews with us to see, you know, if guys were strong enough to actually follow through with the entire 11-day, you know, without giving up and, uh, and leaving other guys out to dry. That, so that's, that, that in a nutshell is how we got in. That's awesome. So just tell us a little bit about the experience. So you played hockey for 11 days straight. What was that like? I, I can't even comprehend what's going on. If I have a long shift, I pretty much just go home. So what, what was 11 days of playing <laughs> hockey like? Well, let's back it up a little bit to roughly about eight, eight months ago, nine months ago or so. Um, when we when it was all official, we were going to go ahead with it. We have a place called Impact Sports um, in Buffalo in the Harbor Center that started to was doing off ice training with us, just like when we were in youth hockey or uh, college or whatever. So we would go there. And with me being out here, I went to Cutting Edge Sports Sciences with Dyke Naughton, so we were doing the same type of stuff. Dyke so Naughton, for those listening who don't know who Dyke Naughton is, he's a legend in the upstate New York area uh, when he comes to power skating, stuff like that. So if, if you're young or if you're a parent you have kids into doing that, definitely hook up with Dyke Naughton because that guy's a magician when it comes to hockey. He is. He's amazing. Uh, well, we worked a lot on recovery time, too, me and Dyke did. So that when it did come, it, it, was so much, it wasn't so much about – it was a little bit of speed and quickness, you know, quick burst, but it was a lot of recovery so that, when you know, that we can uh, – to get through the full 11 days. Um, but what it was like, it was, it was crazy. I mean, we get there the first day, and the whole 40 guys, we skate for, we play for two hours in front of the crowd. It was the opening uh, ceremonies. And then my group, we, we went off, and we had a two-hour break. We went back on the ice and played for four and a half hours. Then we had another, only a four-hour break, which we were lucky to get an hour nap, if that. And then... Uh, that's when all the uh, the blisters and stuff started settling in already. And we had to go for another four and a half hours. And uh, that night, I ended up getting hooked to an IV. It was, I, mean, I ended up dehydrating a little bit. Um, but once I got through that, I was fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy, man. That's, that's insane. That, like, so that, and that pretty much just rinse and repeat. You guys were on the ice and you're off the ice for about, what, two or four hours? And you just kept doing that for 11 days straight? Well, no, we would do eight hours, but you every man had a had a four hours, and you had to do a four hour break three times three times in eleven days. Okay. Now, also on top of that, we had guys go down. We had three three guys go down, so we had to fill in for while those guys were while those guys were off. We would fill in extra hours. So I'd skate at some points. Uh, at one point, I skated 
12 out of, uh, 12 out of was it, 16 hours. Jeez, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but, a, that's a lot of hockey. It, it is. And your feet, I mean, my feet are still swollen. And, uh, but when you think about it, Jimmy, and, and anybody out there listening, it's, it's a small price to pay for us for, you know, compared to somebody going through the cancer, the, the chemotherapy and the treatments. No, know? for sure. For sure. So, so you're obviously one of the better hockey players in the capital district. And like, I've been kind of following the whole 11 day power play as it was going on and stuff like that. And of, of course, without surprise at the end of it, you end up leading the entire thing in goals. I could not be more unsurprised ever in my entire life. So how many goals did you end up with? How many assists? What, what was that like? Cause I think you ended up having what, like 267 goals. I know 270 was the final count, but Something that's kind of that kind of crazy to this is so one of the people I was playing for was my wife's grandfather who passed away a couple of years ago from cancer. Yeah. And now her her last name, her maiden name is Fox, and her favorite numbers are three six nine. Okay. Yep. It's crazy. I ended with three hundred and sixty nine points. Yeah, that that is pretty wild when you think of it that way. <laughs> yeah, playing for him and but yeah, two hundred and seventy goals and ninety nine assists. That was uh. The rest weren't really keeping a whole good tally on us, just to, to be honest with you there, but not that it matters. It was a lot of fun. Jeez. You know? uh, another thing. So, I mean, you and I, we played in a bunch of tournaments together, and I think the the joke is pretty much every time you go to a tournament, you end up buckling yourself. You, you blow out a knee. You take a puck to the face. It's it's You know, you go to tournaments, as much as I win, it's more likely for you to get hurt. So, again, not to be surprised, like, I look. I look at one of an update, and you're just bleeding out from the nose. So what? What happened there? Oh, you know me, Jimmy. When I when I go to tournaments or I play in competitive games, I turn it. I fo- I turn it up a notch. I don't. Oh, for sure. It's not not like playing men's league. I enjoy men's league. I have a blast. It's a lot of fun. We all have a good time. But I always turn it up a notch, and I play hard. Then I just, as usual, being five three with no mask, I went to the net hard, and uh, got a stick up in the face. So caught six zippers, six zippers across the the forehead, which. My wife was just taken out, as you guys called me, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> just, just another badge of glory. Um, that's awesome. So, to the people that are listening right now, can they still donate to this thing? Yes, if you go to eleven, so number eleven, powerplay.com, you can donate. I'd prefer it be in my name, uh, but any any names is uh, would help. Um, you know, because it was it was very very you know all hockey aside and everything, it was very emotional seeing you know some some children with cancer in the crowd or their parents or, or people that have lost, you know, children or, or family members to cancer. So it was a very emotional time. And, and one thing I learned along the way is we went, we raised a little over 1.2 million. And what I had learned is that 1.2 million is going to tra- translate into almost $14 million in grants for cancer research. So it's a big, big, big help. You know? Jeez, man. All right. I mean, that's, that's awesome. That's a lot of money. It's going towards a great, a great cause. Um, or Hal, do you have any questions that you'd like to ask Corpy or, uh, yeah, what was, uh, a couple questions. What was the, uh, was there a lot of back checking going on or is that kind of relaxed in that situation? A lot of hanging high? Well, that, that's the thing is it was, it would, it would get more intense. Like the more fans were there, the more intense the players would get. Okay. So, so like one, there. one night we had one night, usually we always we always joked around that after midnight, like it was our rest period because we could slow the game down a little bit. Well, one night we're playing, and all of a sudden we hear this big noise, and it was like a big flash mob. I don't know, maybe two, three, four hundred people. I don't know how many just came rushing into the arena. All college age kids, hammered, you know, screaming, cheering, shaking the glass, and the game just picked up. The tempo was like a full pace. You know what I mean? Guys were going nuts, celebrating, and you know, so it was it was it was different at times, you know. Yeah. But it was it was a good time. My, it was my, just that. Uh, my, uh, my other question that I mean, I'm dying to know what was the equipment like. Like I'm thinking, like if I skate twice in one day, at the end of the day, my equipment's literally soaked. So what's yeah. that like? Are you like taking it off? Are you putting it back on? Are you like air drying it? How's that going? Yeah, that's a good question because that actually we had a couple classes on that, a couple meetings with uh, uh, Duville College was actually doing research with us on on skincare and stuff like that. Um. Well, a couple guys brought those equipment dryers. I don't know if you know the ones you, you hang your stuff up and you zip them up. Yeah. So a couple of those. We had like probably six of those. And then we had the where you can put your gloves and skates on them, dry those. So, And at the, and then we had people doing our laundry. So what I did, I took my underneath off every time and they washed them and dried them. And I put all my equipment on a dryer. So I got dry equipment every time. But 
that being said, your skates were so soaked, so soaked during the four hour skate. I mean, they felt like they're gonna fall apart. You know. That I mean, it sounds like you had an unbelievable time. Uh, well, I, I'm I'm pumped for you. Every, everything that I heard was awesome. You're I mean, you're on ESPN, you're on Sports Center, and you know, as as a friend, as a hockey player, that just speaks volumes to like the person you are. So. I, Kenny, I appreciate you coming on, man. Again, you can go to 11 Day Power Play if you guys want to donate. Donate in Kenny Corp's name. Um, yeah, we, we appreciate you having on. I'm sure we're definitely going to get together and skate soon. Oh, yeah, definitely. And uh, Hopefully this guy will heal up. Like I said, my wife's putting the, uh, the oils on it and making me, uh, making me look pretty again. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, <laughs> Thank th- thanks for coming on. Uh, Hal and I appreciate it. I'm sure I'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy? All right, boys. Thanks. All right, see you, man. Okay, have a good one. Bye.